Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off In Depth Conversations in Applied Geophysics. In this episode, I speak with SEG President Bill Avriel on Hurricane Harvey and how the SEG community can help now and with future natural hazards. I am recording this on Tuesday, August 29, with the impact of Hurricane Harvey still not fully understood. Our hearts are in Houston today, and SEG is actively evaluating how the society can be of assistance in the coming days, weeks, and months to our friends and colleagues affected by Hurricane Harvey. To learn how you can help, go to the links provided on the show notes at seg.org podcast. If you are planning to attend SEG's annual meeting in Houston, we are monitoring the situation closely and will update you on how this could affect our plans in the next 24 to 48 hours. Our thoughts continue to be with Houston and the surrounding areas. Bill Abriel joins me next. So I am joined by Bill Abriel, SCG president. We are speaking on Tuesday, August 29th. Harvey continues to cause major disruption and devastation in Houston and many other parts of the United States. And our hearts and thoughts are going out to the many impacted by this hurricane. And unfortunately, Harvey is having an impact on many of our members living in the Houston area, as well as those planning to travel to the upcoming meeting. Bill, what would you like to share with our listeners regarding Harvey? Yeah, Andrew, uh, I'm really glad to have the opportunity to, to do this. We are uh, spending a lot of time uh, in the volunteer and the uh, SCG staff uh, reacting in a number of different ways to the, uh, the storm. Uh, you're absolutely right that our, our hearts are in Houston because um, the impact is very large on a large number of people. Uh, there's the humanitarian, uh, the displaced individuals, the people that, uh, that need help. Uh, there's a commercial disruption. Uh, as you know, we've got an annual meeting planned in just a few weeks, and we just don't know how that's all going to turn out. But uh, let me just uh, say that uh, we are uh, working as a group. Uh, with everything that we've got, skills and science, uh, financial aid, some combination, to do what we can to alleviate the uh, the effects of this as a natural disaster. If you're planning to attend the SEG International Exhibition, and I hope you had planned on that, uh, we may have that convention and we may not have that convention. It is unclear. We still have about 48 hours or so before we're going to have a clear message uh, about uh, the use of the convention center whether or not it's going to be used for uh, refugee purposes for a long time, or uh, there are other plans. So until we have that clarified from the city, uh, we won't really know. But we think that we'll have information in about the next 48 hours. So we're asking you to be patient, stand by. Uh, There's a lot of disruption. Uh, There's travel plans. Uh, There are exhibitors that are trying to fly in their uh, their goods and wares and services. Uh, There's people's uh, hotels. There's a lot to do here. Uh, so, uh, it's not the only natural disaster in the world, uh, Andrew. Uh, the, one of the things that we have to look at as a society is uh, how we uh, we have a global footprint, and uh, we'll use our experiences here in the United States to sensitize us to uh, to uh, our world obligations. So, uh, one of the things that we are conscious of also is that the annual meeting uh, is really important to us on a number of different levels. Uh, first of all, because it's, you know, it's the biggest um, way that we share our best practices as a profession. And the other is it provides a marketplace for people that have services and people that need those services to get together. We combine those two in this. Um, and so it's a crucial meeting for us. 
uh, and to miss this meeting in Houston would be uh, difficult. And uh, we need to uh, do the best we can to come up with a plan to uh, help things along during the course of the year until the next convention, which is Anaheim, California, the land of Disneyland. What have you been hearing or what are you hearing from SEG members? Uh, you know, it's not surprising, uh, Andrew, uh, that most of the SEG members are uh, reacting uh, very, very strongly to what can we do as members or as the SEG community, right, to react to Harvey in a way that's appropriate for us. And uh, we're not uh, getting so much information from members about, you know, financial advice on how the SEG should be investing. But uh, what are the communication channels uh, and what is it that I personally can accomplish? So uh, one of the things that I can tell you about that uh, is this. Uh, we just had a fairly long session this morning uh, about uh, social contribution uh, and how we go about this. And uh, let me make the point uh, that in my view, this is not accepted SEG policy, Andrew, but uh, what I believe is true, right, is this. There are probably uh, three stages in what we do for uh, social contribution uh, that are reactionary with respect to humanitarian activities. One of the things that we're going to talk about later is total social contribution. But right now, right, with Harvey in, right there in front of us uh, in this disruption, uh, it reminds us that we have uh, three time frames to look at, one of which is immediate. An immediate is an immediate emergency, and it's disaster relief. Okay? So a second one, and this is actually going to be a very important one for us, is the consequences of that disaster after the fact and the long-term process of rebuilding the community and the family ties and the relationships. The third one is actually prevention and proactive. Prevention and proactive is a very different way of looking at things, which is uh, what am I going to do to be ready for? Can I predict? Um, you know, what's the best process for us to go? So let's look at it from um, all three of those perspectives right away, Andrew. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest that uh, the smart thing for us to do is to partner as members and as the SCG with those disaster relief agencies. The smart thing to do is to go right ahead uh, I think that Houston ABC 13 has got a website, uh, and if that's true, there are ways for uh, you to be able to make your contributions if they're financial. That's the uh, best way to do this if you're not close to the city. The second thing we're looking at, Andrew, and I think this is really useful, is to ask the question, well, what about a month or six months or even a year or two years after the fact? What are the consequences of this scale of disruption? The next thing, though, which is not just disaster responding, is trying to deal with the issues of the long-term consequences, like we spoke about. Those things can be really important for us, Andrew. Geophysicists uh, of applied geophysics do have a part in trying to help with the infrastructure problems that come with natural disasters. They don't have to be floods. They can be earthquakes. They can be landslides. Uh, but it impacts the, uh, the civil infrastructure. What I mean is dams, bridges, uh, and groundwater. Uh, groundwater contamination can be huge. Uh, the integrity of dams and bridges and other infrastructure can be enormous, um, especially if they're earth-related natural disasters. Um, 
Geophysicists, in fact, have a part to play in that. Uh, and so uh, what we're doing at the SEG is uh, we're looking at that part of our social contribution in general. Uh, and uh, we're talking to uh, the AGU, uh, the American Geophysical Union, about their expertise in this area. We have, as you know, a near-surface group. Our near-surface group is strong. Uh, and so we see an opportunity here. So I see the opportunity for us in Harvey of uh, joining and trying to understand uh, how to interact with, say, the Army Corps of Engineers, FEMA, the city of Houston. Uh, let them know that as geophysicists, we do, in fact, have special expertise. That expertise can help come to bear. Um, and if there are ways to do that that are in the best interests of the uh, population and, and humanity, that uh, we're able to step in. So uh, that's the uh, medium-term plan. The long-term planning for social contribution on a humanitarian basis is very well uh, appreciated uh, if we talk about geoscientists without borders. So let me just go ahead and put that aside for now, Andrew, because I'd like to go over that in some more detail. How have you been hearing SEG members responding specifically in this case in Harvey? Yeah, the SEG members are uh, trying to do two or three things, Andrew, one of which is uh, trying to uh, get information from the SEG. How do we directly uh, influence the disaster relief? And so we're trying to channel people uh, to the disaster relief organizations. Uh, and the other is to try to be creative about uh, utilizing our uh, social contribution opportunities and how best to organize that. So uh, what the members can do, first of all, uh, for short term, for disaster relief, uh, is to stand by. Sorry, but, you know, you just got to stand by here for a little bit uh, with respect to our ability to be able to respond to disaster relief. You do, in fact, have a way that you can contribute uh, financially, uh, and we're hoping that you will connect with those uh, expert organizations that are professionals at disaster relief, and we'll help point you in that direction. Uh, the uh, second phase of that, which is longer term, uh, standby, we are trying to design a, a better way of uh, working with uh, the city of Houston uh, and uh, the, the part of Texas about infrastructure potential. But it's a, uh, it's a, it's a work in progress, uh, and it's going to take a little bit of time to sort out. Um, but, you know, more should come on that in the future. But let's remember, Andrew, that uh, Houston is an important part of uh, us uh, as an organization at the SEG. But, you know, only one out of every four people that are SEG members are actually living in the United States. We have three quarters of our membership uh, on a global footprint around the world. So there are uh, things that need to be done, uh, both on a, uh, a long-term uh, view which is uh, dealing with the long-term pre preventive and proactive issues, which is where GWB does its best. There are going to be other places where we're gonna need uh, this type of uh, infrastructure uh, assistance. And uh, that's gonna be everywhere. Uh, and of course, disaster relief, right? Uh, we need to be able to set up uh, reasonable communications practices for uh, our ability to reach out uh, and help communicate. We think communication is our best option uh, for uh, disaster relief. Secondly, uh, get the word out. Uh, Geoscientists Without Borders has existed for 10 years, uh, and it's not a secret program. 
but uh, we just simply have not been able to uh, communicate effectively on how much of an impact that has. The easiest way to do that is for people to read up on it, get the information, and talk to friends about it. There's nothing like one-to-one communication. Uh, I think we should be proud of GWB and its accomplishments. And uh, yes, every single member right, can talk to one other person today about GWB, right? And that'll help uh, our humanitarian efforts and social contribution for the future. You know, you had mentioned a prevention piece being an important aspect, one of the components of social contribution. And I think Geoscientists Without Borders does fit nicely within that idea of prevention. And GWB, the program, is going to be celebrating the 10th anniversary in 2018. And it was launched from greater scale disaster in the Indian Ocean tsunami, but a similar feeling in that SEG members saw an opportunity to improve preparation and response to these events and these natural hazards around the world. So how do you see the lessons learned from GWB aiding in preparation and response to natural hazards in the future? Uh, I just would like to spend a minute uh, talking a little bit about social contribution. Uh, And then let's talk a little bit about um, specific programs that we have uh, for social contribution. Uh, One of the things that that we have in our society uh, is that our math and physics and geology-based profession, right, is really interesting and really good at doing things with predicting the subsurface. So that's our best, right? There are geophysicists that do things in atmosphere and other planets, et cetera, but our stuff is, uh, you know, primarily uh, from the surface down, right? The other thing that um, that we are using geophysics for uh, as a profession uh, are things like sequestering CO2. Sequestering CO2, right, which is, a you know, it's a very green way of trying to handle um, what, we, what we're doing for the Earth. Uh, is an interesting question because the technologies that we use for uh, managing oil and gas in the subsurface are the same technologies that we have for putting it back in. So CO2 sequestration, right, is in fact a uh, geophysics, geoscience business for monitoring. So those are uh, the sort of things that we do with social contribution that are uh, directly related technology transfers. So now let's talk about the other things that are a little bit more humanitarian order, say groundwater and groundwater contamination. When you think about this to the next logical step then, you say, well, what about prevention? Most of what we do in Geosciences Without Borders is preventive. I think that's probably the smart move. Um, We're studying Earth properties uh, that deal with either the fluids or the properties themselves that are directly impacting humans. This program, uh, and uh, let me go ahead and point out that it was originally funded through uh, Slumberjay, it's a brilliant concept. Why would you not take something that you're really, really good at that can have impact, right, uh, and do the right thing for people in their humanitarian needs? So uh, groundwater is uh, one of the more obvious ones, Andrew, uh, because if you've got, uh, you know, you've got saltwater incursion from the coast, you know where it's coming from. I've got, you know, a poisoned well over here. How far does that go? I've run out of water in my district. How about the possibility that we get more? I was in India uh, last year, uh, and I was giving a presentation to the conference. Uh, and surprisingly, I let them know about our GWB project that was in the same province 
in Punjab uh, about uh, helping out a village find their uh, new fresh water, and the attendants there at the conference didn't even know about it. So we've got to go a long way, not just to uh, doing the things that uh, we do in GWB, but we also have to uh, be sure that we get our footprint out there uh, and that people know how important this is for us. If, if a listener is, is hearing this conversation and they're wondering what they can do to, to help with this humanitarian crisis, but also future ones that GWB seeks to help prepare for, you know, what more can SCG and our members do to help in these humanitarian crises? Uh, we do, in fact, have uh, yeah GWB Foundation, and so uh, that's right. So if you really wanted to be an assistant here, uh, you'd have two opportunities. One is get the word out. Right? Tell other people. Right? Be a part of our uh, communications network uh, because you know the the if it spreads, that's that's what we need to do. And the second is yeah, the foundation is in fact receiving money. Uh, and uh, so you can, in fact, contribute directly to GWB through the foundation. So to date, GWB has funded 33 projects in 27 different countries, and it's called Geoscientist Without Borders. And I'd like mm -hmm. you to discuss this a little bit. You talked about partnership, talking about partnering with AGU, American Geophysical Union, as well as U.S. federal agencies on uh, how to prepare and how to best help out. And I was wondering how you might look at how SCG and its members could collaborate with other disciplines that may not be a geophysicist, but a geoscientist and may attend our annual meeting and read geophysics. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question uh, because uh, what it leads to is a conversation about the integrated nature of what we do. Uh, we need to be uh, actively pursuing uh, our direct connection to uh, those other large professional institutions that are so important to us in these professions. Uh, the other organizations that uh, we need to uh, be actively involved in are organizations of engineering that are in the uh, oil and gas industry, it's the SPE, but there are other organizations out there uh, that deal with infrastructure. Uh, and so we need to start reaching those partnerships and geology partnerships. There's the American Association of Petroleum Geologists, but there are others as well. Uh, and there's the uh, the AGU, the American Geophysical Union, which is a you know a brother or sister organization. Do you see Hurricane Harvey impacting how you serve as past president next year? Uh, that's a real good question. Um, the SEG uh, has two things, and one of which is what you get, and the other is what you can give. The what you get part is actually really uh, useful if you think about it as a professional. What you get from the SEG is top geophysical technology. It's the world's best in applied geophysics. So, you know, there you are as a member, uh, and, you know, if you're looking for it, you can find it there. Best practices. Right? Somebody knows what they're doing, and they'll tell it to somebody else. Somebody else knows what they're doing, they'll tell it to you. Sharing best practices is really important in a profession as complicated as this one. The third one is the marketplace, right? where uh, I'm selling, you're buying, right? uh, and you can come to me and find out, and if not, you can find my competition. So that marketplace is really important for us. That's one, though. That's what you get from the SEG. The other thing is that the SEG is a channel for you to give. 
And one of those things that it's a channel for is advancing the science. If you're really, really, really interested in advancing the science, the SCG can uh, provide that opportunity for you. The plugs are there. You can get into committees. You can write the papers. You can talk to the other folks and know what they're doing in the business. Uh, and you can advance the profession itself, right? Having other people do great work, right? That's really, really satisfying. And some people, that's their whole life. That's what they really want, right? That's their, that's their great passion. So we provide that channel. And the other is, like we've been talking about today, an opportunity to provide social good. A number of different things that occur there, one of which is, uh, you know, uh, energy. We do a really nice job of making it cleaner, faster, cheaper, better, lower cost. That's what we do. Right? Uh, and the other is the type of social good we're talking about from a humanitarian perspective. Uh, and so the SCG does give you this opportunity, the channel for the profession, the channel for humanity. I think that that is uh, going to be something that we will always look at in the SCG uh, and we'll finally figure out that we're both really good professionals of getting and also giving. Uh, and that the SCG knows what it's doing there. I'm convinced that uh, as the SCG goes forward, we're going to do not only better work as geophysicists, but we're also going to be better connected to the people uh, and, the, and the total social good. As a reminder, to learn how you can help, go to the links provided on the show notes at seg.org podcast. If you are planning to attend SEG's annual meeting, we are monitoring the situation closely and will update you of the society's plans in the next 24 to 48 hours. This episode was produced by Isaac Farley and hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary. Special thanks to Linda Ford, SEG student and early career manager. Original music by Zach Bridges. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.